0: What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to the Willie Mack. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is voice ISWAC dollar sign. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Danny Callahan. This is the AirPod God MLW star Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to of broken but glorious broken but glorious bro- bro- glorious hey, yeah. so hello everyone it's Steven Jackson aka DJ215 here again with another fight tuesday review this time i'll be reviewing impact wrestlings against all odds which took place around 2 weeks ago uh, last week i did a preview for the Triller fight club Unfortunately, due to COVID situations and issues, that event isn't it didn't take place last weekend, so it's been rescheduled. So this show was actually going to be taking place last week, or was the podcast I was going to do. I wanted to preview Triller Fight Club, so it's just been moved a week. So um, although it's a little bit late, um, I wanted to catch up with this show and review it for everybody. And I really enjoyed it, actually. I thought, again, it was really good. I think Impact have got a really good thing going with the um the Forbidden Door and AEW and New Japan. So it was really fun. And um I may as well get straight into it. So um the first sort of part of the show, the first beginning moments was a really awesome opening package with um Kenny Omega and Moose, which was the main event being put over greatly. Um Moose is one of the best wrestlers in the world, I believe. Um I think he deserves the world title in impact more than anyone else. He definitely has sacrificed his time and his career for the company and his promos have really vastly improved, but you can also just feel that he loves Impact Wrestling and it really, you know, emanates from him. And it was great. It was a great little um opening package. And then we came onto the actual show and it's actually Josh Matthews who's on commentary with um, D'Lo Brown. Uh, According to online, Matt Stryker is currently on an assignment of some kind. So, um, yeah, it was Josh Matthews who'd come back to call the show with D'Lo Brown, which was good. You know, I thought that um, Josh Matthews, I've always thought it's been okay, although he does his kind of shouty voice, you know, that kind of traditional announcing kind of voice. It It was good. You know, it was really really good and him and D Lo complemented one another really well. And I like as well, if you watch this show, when the wrestlers came out, little things like the graphics all um matched up with the Against All Odds um graphics as well. So I thought that was a really nice little touch and looked really good. Um, so the first match on the show was between the good brothers of um Doc Gallows and Kyle Anderson against Tommy Dreamer and Sammy Callahan in a street fight. Um yeah, so what basically happened is is that they end of the main event of the previous um, show, Under Siege, the Good Brothers actually attacked Sammy Callahan because they didn't want him to face Kenny Omega for the title at Slammiversary. So it's kind of been a little feud there, and then Tommy Dreamers got involved. And this was your typical kind of, you know, ECW, Tommy Dreamer plunder match. You know, when you've seen one of these matches, you've seen them all. Um, there was a few little moments in it. Lot um gallows when he had a chain wrapped round Sammy kind of in a choke that looked really nasty. Um, there was also a part where one of the chairs had been set up in the corner, and then there was an Irish whip into that which looked nasty as well. Looked vicious. Um, there was you know just uh, there was a a beautiful cutter um from Carl Anderson onto Sammy Callahan, and then that was followed by a Dreamer cutter and a DDT from uh, Tommy Dreamer onto the Good Brothers, which looked great. Um, There was a massive spine buster as well from Carl Anderson, which got a close two count, which looked great. And then they decided to bring the table in, and then they did a magic killer through the table, but that got a two count, did the Good Brothers on Tommy Dreamer. But then Sammy Callahan got out his baseball bat, and then he nailed Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows with the baseball bat for the win. Um, Yeah, this was was where it was. You know, just standard kind of, you know, plunder match. It was okay. You know, I, I've seen enough of these matches to last a lifetime. And, you know, I I, I kind of think that there was more to offer. Um, this it, it was okay. My, my judgment, it was okay. So then, from there, we then got into the next match, which was one I really... This is the reason I wanted to review it just show and the match I really wanted to see. So it's Joe Doring of Violence by Design against Kojima, who was um, accompanied by Eddie Edwards. So Kojima, or as many know him as Satoshi... Satoshi Kojima um is a very well known wrestler over in New Japan Pro Wrestling in Purezu. Um He's one of my all-time favourites. Um, he's the leader of the Bread Club. Um, and if you want to know more about the Bread Club, my um, friends at Monthly Pura Rezu, the uh, wrestling magazine, um, have actually got an exclusive interview with Kojima on their website. So I'll put the link of that in the um, bottom of this podcast. Um, but this this feud or this match actually took place originally over 10 years ago in all Japan pro wrestling. So that kind of fed into this you know, match between these two. And... Um, this was excellent this is the kind of match where you know a lot of people talk about like the all japan style and king's road and stuff like that And this kind of although it wasn't king's road it was very reminiscent of the classic all japan matches you know of old you know you've got the big bully gaijin um and foreigner against you know kojima the uh you know classic pure wrestler and you know there was some big shoulder barges there was some beautiful punching there was a massive elbow from uh, kojima on the top rope which got a close two count there was a roaring elbow which then got counted into a spine buster by joe Doring, which looked fantastic joe Doring actually then hit a beautiful running crossbody you know joe Doring is huge like <laughs> he's a one big guy and then um, you can move around there. You know, if you've listened to these reviews in the past, you know how high I am on Joe Doran. I've been a fan of his for a long time. And this, you know, again, was just a great outing for him. You know, and the chemistry was great. You know, we even got the machine gun chops at one point from Satoshi Kojima, which was brilliant. And um, we then, for the finish, what happened was was we also had a cutter from Kojima, which got a close two count. But what happened is, is that um, Joe Doring actually lifted up uh, Satoshi Kojima in a Death Valley driver and then that was followed by a, a Short-arm clothesline and then he picked up Kojima and he actually hit a massive huge spinning powerbomb to get the win uh, And then he got the win, did Joe Doring against Satoshi Kojima. Fantastic. I love this match um, th- th- This is another match. I want to see. This is a match. I want to see happen again. I thought it was brilliant uh, fanboy in me obviously is a bit more um maybe a little bit biased but no i love this and it was great to see satoshi kojima as well in impact you know he's been there on impact a couple of times on the weekly tv show and it was great to see him there you know this forbidden door is really you know helping people you know see guys who are legends you know we've seen yuji nagata over in aw we've seen uh, satoshi kojima over in impact and we saw kenta at one point over in aw you know legends of japanese wrestling So exciting stuff! Really enjoyed this. Thought it was really, really good. Really great classic wrestling. So from there, we then got a promo from Decay, who said backstage they were going to bring all the titles back um, because later on Rosemary was going to face uh, Diana Perrazzo for the Knockouts title, and um, Black Tarus and uh, Crazy Steve were going for the Impact Tag Team Championships. So nice little promo, you know. Enough. It did what it needed to do. And uh, they were a great little stable of decay. I really liked the way, the dynamic between three three uh, members. I thought it was really good. And from there, we then got a five-way number one contenders X-Division match between Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Petey Williams and Rohit Raju. So this number one contenders match, as you would expect, impacts X-Division, division, crazy. Stuff happening everywhere. You know, we had at one point, we had sharpshooters from Petey Williams and... Um, from uh Ace Austin, um, which then oh, sorry from Trey Miguel and uh, Pete Williams, which then you know led into a slapping match, which was then broken up by, by Raheet Raju. We had um, an awesome looking kick and knee combo from uh, Raheet as well, which got a close two count. We got a torture rack back break, back driver, um which got a close two count as well from onto Chris Bear. We got a double diving leg drop from our Ace Austin where he kind of jumped to the top rope and then he hit a double sort of famouser onto two guys in the ring, which looked awesome. That was a close two count. we kind of got a top rope Canadian, Canadian Destroyer, but it didn't really work. Um, I mean, due to the risk involved in the manoeuvre, it kind of looked more like a top rope um, sunset, sunset flip slash sunset bomb. Um, but it still looked good, you know, but I it, um, yeah, so that was... And that was close. And then what happened is is that Man Man Fulton Oh no, sorry, I'll tell you one spot actually, which I did miss out on. I do apologize. This is this is a great moment though. So basically Ace Austin was gonna go to the outside and hit and look like an acai moonsault, but then Trey Miguel came from the other side of the ring and then Ace Austin ducked and then Trey Miguel hit a beautiful tope con Hilo over the top of uh, Ace Austin onto the wrestlers on the outside. That looked great. I really like the way that looked. That looked Brilliant. Um, but no, so what happened is is that um, Madman Fulton, who's Ace Austin's kind of lackey, came in and just basically took everybody out. But then what he did was he actually um, grabbed all four guys. Um, so he actually had um, a Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Petey Williams, and Raheet Raju all on himself at once. So he had Chris Bay in a powerbomb position, he had um, Raheet in a slam position. Um, and then he had uh, Pete Williams and Trey Miguel in chokeslam positions. And then he kind of threw them all down at once. It looked mental. It looked crazy, actually. And then, even though this was a no-DQ match, the referee declares, No contest! So the match ended as a no contest. <laughs> Which, um, and then he was chased out of the ring. Um, so that was a funny little, uh, little moment. And I thought that we got a close-up of Dave Penzer as well, the uh, announcer um so we thought at one point or i did that he was going to get attacked but he didn't thankfully um love dave penza i think he's one of the best announcers in wrestling so that was a cool little bit as well but um but yeah this was good stuff you know fast and furious nice little match did what he needed to do and i enjoyed it um and that was followed then by a promo hyping up slammiversary where it was the slogan is when the world changes and we got to see um, shots of um, Mickey James, Kazuchi, Kazuchika Okada, Tetsuya Naito of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and at one point Samoa Joe. But Samoa Joe has now recently resigned with NXT, so I doubt that Samoa Joe will be appearing at uh, Kine- uh, at Slamiversary. Sorry. But um, what was cool is that this is actually the first Impact show to have fans. So it's going to be exciting seeing the fans back in the Impact zone, especially if those guys are there. It's going to be amazing um, if it's teased anywhere. So that's exciting. And then the next match was between Rich Swan and W. Morrissey. Um, although it's his real name, I can't take W. W Morrissey seriously. It's just one of those wrestling names I just can't take seriously. I'm, I'm sorry, W. Morrissey, if you're listening. You know, Morrissey. Even even though it's obviously Morrissey of the Smiths isn't better than W Morrissey, like Mo- W Morrison's. If anyone here shops in the UK, to me, but you know what do I know? Um, at one point, Josh Matthews said this match was the equivalent of Jake Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul sorry against Floyd Mayweather. Didn't see that myself. You know, I think that was a bit of a strange, you know, uh, sort of choice of uh, comparison. But um, but yeah, this was okay. You know, again, big guy trying to you know. It was kind of an extended squash. But um, Rich Swan got some nice little moments in here and there. Um, Morrissey did look impressive, though. He looked a lot better than what he did the last time I saw him. Um, there were some big Irish whips. There was a nasty-looking slam and some swing splashes as well from Morrissey. Um, Rich Swan hit a crazy-looking 450 at one point on the... Uh, 450 splash onto the um, outside from the apron, which looked great. Um, there was a running um kick from rich swan as well which got a close two count there was another 450 inside we got a close two count he then went for a phoenix splash which got counted and it was a one count but then morrissey hit, picked him up and hit an f5 and then we had three deadlift power bombs at different points by morrissey um including a running power bomb for the win um this was okay it was what it was um I think that Rich Swan really helped Morrissey in this match. Actually, he really got a lot out of him. Um, but this is kind of one of those things where I wasn't expecting a lot, but it was a bit better than what I was expecting. But uh, but yeah, it was okay. You know, it was okay. Um, and then from there, we got a promo from Diana Perazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. Um, and then Susan said that Fire and Flavor, who they were taking on for the titles, um, were going to be um, renamed. Burnt and, blo- uh, burnt and Bland, Burnt and Bland, I thought was great. Um, I love Susan. I think Susan's one of the funniest characters at the moment in wrestling. And that was great. Um, and Diana Perazzo said she was going to take out another freak in her sort of legacy to be the best knockouts champion, uh, in the world. Brilliant and in the history of the company. Brilliant little segment there. Really enjoyed it. From there we go. Then got into the next match, which was a knockouts match between Tanel Dashwood, who was accompanied by Caleb with a K, and Jordyn Grace, who was accompanied by Rachel Lowell Ellering. So yeah, this was actually good. This was the best performance I've seen of Tennille Dashwood actually since I've been watching Impact. Um, There was some big boots. There was a beautiful, um, awesome looking uh, submission with the shoulders, which looked great. There was an around the world full Nelson, which looked awesome. Um, there was a bit where um, Tanell had uh, Jordan Grace down at the bottom turnbuckle and um, Caleb started taking selfies and said that she looks hideous right now which I thought I really meant me laugh, like, that was really amusing, <laughs> That was really funny. Um, there was a close two count as well following um, some great shoulder work from Tanell to Jordan. Um, Dashwood then went for a tarantula-esque manoeuvre onto um, Jordan Grace which got, um, got quickly broken up but that looked good. Um, there was a Vader bomb from Jordan Grace. So we got a close two count, and then what happened for the finish was that um there was kind of a moment where um there was a kick out from Tanal Dashwood, and then uh Caleb came up to the uh he came up to the apron because it was almost going to be the win for um Jordan, but um he stopped. He distracted the referee. So then Rachel Ellering went to stop um, Caleb, but then uh, that then led into Tenelle getting um, the opportunity to get a roll up and then that got the win. And then Grace wasn't happy, she was on the outside and then she said that, you know, she can do it without Rachel Ellering's help after they had dissension and lost the tag belts. And there was a big Michinoku driver onto Caleb. Um, and then uh, it was all to do with them making fun of her and things. um. Yeah, I kind of knew what was going to happen once the match kind of got going, but I thought it was really good. I I thought this was a really strong match between both of them, and I thought that um, Tanell really looked good in this match. This is the best I've seen her. In her character work, this kind of was her character work and her wrestling work both meshing together, which looked great. So this was really fun, and I enjoyed this match. It was great. Um, and then we got a Brian Myers promo with some bloke called Sam on the uh, backstage who was saying to take notes um, of the match what he'd just seen. And then all of a sudden Jake something walked past and said something. And then Brian Myers told this Sam not to take the bait. So basically kind of, you know, um, sort of highlighting that these two might get into a little bit of a ruckus between one another, Jake something and Brian Myers. Um, neither of them were on the show, but it kind of was leading into something maybe on impact. Um So that was that. And then we got the knockout tag team titles match between Kimberly and Susan, the challengers against Fire and Flavor of um, Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan. Uh, I love Fire and Flavor and I thought this match was fantastic. I thought it was a really fun little match. Um, I thought that that the talking smack of Fire and Flavor throughout the match was great. I thought that Susan, there was an early spot in the match where um, they were doing a test of strength And then um, Kiera Hogan jumped over uh, Tasha Steeles and she went and poked Susan in the eye (laughs) and then she went into the um, corner and then she was sort of playing possum to allow Kimberly to do the opposite to Hogan as well, which was great. Um, We had a powerbomb off the ropes into a Hurricane Rana, which looked beautiful. Um, We had some nasty looking boots. We got a brilliant looking superplex as well from uh, Susan on Tasha Steele, which so looked great. And then later on, that led into a swanton, which got a close two count for the challengers. There was a sleeper hold, which was then applied, but that was broken up. And then the win came following a frog splash from um, onto Susan from uh, Kiera Hogan. It was really, it was a short match, but it was fun. I liked the dynamic between them. Um, these two teams because of the character work and because of the wrestling work as well and um, I think Fire and Flavor definitely are um, you know one of the best duos in female wrestling today I thought it was great and um, you know Kimberly and Susan as well you know I'd really like them to see you like, go again these two teams I think they've really got great chemistry together and I thought it was brilliant so that was that And then from there, we then came into the um, next title match, which was the Impact tag team title match um, between Vounce By Design and Decay with Eric Young on the outside for Vounce By Design. So it was Black Taroos and um, Crazy Steve against Cody Dina and uh, Rhino. And yeah, this was good. You know, I liked the dynamic between Rhino and Black Taroos. I thought that those two really... Because they kind of mirror images of one another in a way. Um... In, in kind of stature and in sort of manoeuvres. There was a crazy looking crossbody from Black Tourus at one point. I love that manoeuvre it does. I thought I looked great. There was a cross face from Crazy Steve onto Dina, which almost got the win for them. There was a uh, there was a DDT which kind of got was an underhook and then they went under the turnbuckle so that was close win for them. Um there was a beautiful looking power bomb at one point. Um Crazy Steve also hit a massive looking elbow which took Rhino out early on, which I thought looked really good. I love Crazy Steve. I think Crazy Steve's such a great worker as well. I think he's very underrated. Um and this match was great for him. I uh, thought it really kind of showed off a lot of his wrestling ability. Um there was a beautiful looking Senton as well, which got a close two count. Rhino then, you know, just came in like a house of fire. And um Cody Dina hit a massive DDT. And that got the win for Violence by Design. It was, again, it was a fun little match, you know. Um, the Eric Young crazy thing I can't take seriously, unfortunately. You know, it, it, it doesn't do it for me. But I thought that this was the best I'd seen of Cody Dina. And I thought Rhino looked great as well. Um, you know, Rhino's still got it. And the guy's, you know, fantastic. And him and Black Tarouche is a singles match I'd pay to see any day because I think that they'd tear the house down. I think it'd be awesome. Um... And they retained the, belt, the belts did advance by design, you know, so that was a good little match. Um, and then from there we got this promo from this guy called Mackin who said, torture is time, and he have been waiting a long time. So he's like the new guy on the roster. And they kind of closed in on a Jameson bottle of whiskey. So, yeah, it, I, I I don't follow Impact sort of regularly, but, you know, it was where it was, you know. Um, see what comes from this. Um, there were shots of military kind of... Um, you know, news items and things. So he must be of a sort of, like, uh, military background. Um, if anyone's got any info on this guy, let me know. Um, unless I've missed something and I do know who he is. But, yeah, he didn't look familiar to me. But it was what it was. You know, a nice little teaser to someone coming into the company. And then we came into another amazing match from Diana Perazzo. this time against Rosemary, which was the knockout's title. I think Diana Perazzo is the best women's wrestler in the world today. This match was brilliant. Again, the arm work was all about it in that, you know, she's got the arm there, what she needs to get the arm lock on, and what she did this time, because she was overpowered by Rosemary and she'd taken her to the outside, there's a gap between the ring post and uh, the uh, kind of... a little bit of metal between, so she'd actually wrapped Rosemary's arm around the ring post and then she kicks it, so then Rosemary's arm was kind of getting worked on there. Again, innovative, just... Beautiful work, you know, classic wrestling work. This, you know, Diana Perrazzo is like, I I know that, um, Don Callas always refers to Nick Bockwinkle. She reminds me of Nick Bockwinkle in that she's, you know, I'm the best. I can prove I'm the best. I don't need to scream and shout, but I'm going to show you why I'm the best. Harley race, Nick Bockwinkle, you know, fabulous Moolah, um, you know, that kind of classic champion who can just go in there with anybody, has an agenda and is able to, you know, work through it. And this was, you know, her opening with that um with that kick on the um on the ring post. And from there then it was kind of, you know, dissecting the arm. Um but Rosemary kept coming back, you know, so there was a fisherman suplex what was countered. There was a last chancery from um Rosemary onto Diana Perrazzo, which was locked in, which is the kind of Bridging um, neck lock, but then she couldn't get it fully locked in, so that was close. Um, Diana actually got in the arm lock, but then Rosemary actually was able to get to the ropes with her um, with her feet, which was brilliant. Um, and then there was a massive sort of um, kick from Diana, which then <laughs> which then Rosemary um, looked like she was out, but then she sat back up like the Undertaker, which looked awesome. And then you know she was cackling. And then knowing that the armbar wasn't going to get the win this time, the um, Aliparazzo went for another classic manoeuvre, which was a um, classic sort of gotch pile driver, um, and that got the that got the win. Um, and c- because what happened was that um, Tiana changed; she knew she couldn't get the arm working, but um, Rosemary actually has a knee brace on, so she actually removed the knee brace and then started working on the knee. So she knew that. Um, yeah sorry rosemary wouldn't be able to support anything on her knee and then um, she locked her in the pile driver and got the win love this i thought this was brilliant probably my match of the night um i thought it was brilliant i really really enjoyed it and diana perazo now without doubt best female wrestler in the world arguably the best technical wrestler in the world i thought it was brilliant um and i'm so pleased that she's getting a long run with this belt because she deserves it And these matches are all against different opponents, all in different settings, and just proving how good she actually is. And yeah, it was brilliant. Awesome. And from there, we then came into the main event, which was between Kenny Omega and Moose. Um, So this was for the Impact Wrestling um, world heavyweight championship so we had the god of pro wrestling taking on the wrestling god as it said in the um, video package it, but it took place at Daly's place in florida which is the home of um, AEW wrestling and scott damore uh tony Schiavone, and don Callis were on commentary um which was really cool and i loved tony Schiavone. um tony Schiavone is one of my all-time favorite commentators if not my all-time favorite commentator even more so than jim ross i'm sorry wrestling fans um, although, you know, it's the greatest night in the history of our sport. You know, we've seen the Yeti. Um, you're still my favourite. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so there was a beautiful... um. It, well, what was great about this, once again, you know, talking of Nick Bockwinkle, Don calls constantly refers to Nick Bockwinkle and Kenny Omega, you know. Um, and if none of you have seen Nick Bockwinkle, as I've just mentioned with Diana Perrazzo, I recommend you go out and seek him and watch him. He was a once in a generation talent, um, much like Kenny Omega, brilliant wrestler, brilliant wrestler, and um, yeah, this was really good though. The opening, you know, the belts and the tights of Kenny Omega all looked awesome. Justin Roberts doing the announcing was great. We then had Moose is going to kill you chance from the audience because there's a little audience over in Daly's Palace, which looked great. Daly's place, sorry, um, and then yeah, th- th- this match was okay, um i did like how tony Giovanni at one point when don Carlos referred to nick bond quickly he said shades of bark wrinkle my ass which made me laugh um tony Giovanni wasn't very complimentary of impact due to his previous experiences with the company as well there was a couple of digs here and there um from tony um you know it's uh it, it, it's um obviously wounds run deep um and you know it's uh, it, it. But this match though, it was it was okay. You know, I've, I thought that Moose definitely, um, you know, should have had a bit more offense. I think that Ken. I would have liked this match to have taken place at Slammiversary if I had the champ If I had the option to book something, I think this was a perfect Slammiversary main event, and I feel that it kind of was a little bit. Um, sad that it took place at um you know where it did because the crowd although they were you know helping it wasn't like they were overly like um sort of excited or anything for this match. Um but I did like certain spots. I liked the um the dive over the top from Kenny Omega. I liked how Moose escaped the one wing angel. Thought, I thought that looked great. I liked, there was a particular point where there was a victory roll, which was then counted into a standing moonsault, which Moose delivered, which looked great. Um, there was a few V-triggers from Kenny Omega at different points. Um, there was uh, Omega working on the arm um, on the outside when he'd taken Moose out, and then we heard that they were being flexible with the rules from Scott DeMar, because it was Brian Hebner who was the referee. So they were allowed to, you know, brawl on the outside for a little bit. And... Um, there was an arm breaker, which then thought Moose may have submitted, but he didn't. Moose hit a beautiful drop kick, um, which would then... There was a choke bomb, which got a close two count, followed by this is awesome chance. We had the snap dragon suplex and V triggers from Omega because he couldn't get on the, um, the one-wing angel. There was more V triggers, but this time they were on Moose's shoulders rather than on his head because he'd worked on the arm. And then... Moose countered the one-wing angel with a lariat, but then that affected his shoulder. And then Kenny Omega, the the one weird thing was that Kenny Omega went up to the top and he kind of sat there and then Moose came along and he hit a Spanish fly, so it was kind of a little bit of mistiming and I don't like to be critical of these things, but I just think it it didn't you know, I I don't know I just found that a little bit uncomfortable that bit, Um, because I kind of knew, and it, it kind of took away from the urgency but We then got um, um, a Moose hit a spear onto Brian Hebner by accident because Kenny Omega threw him in the way. So then the Young Bucks came and interfered for the Elite for Kenny Omega and hit several super kicks. And then they helped Kenny Omega to get a one-wing angel onto Moose, um, lift him up, and then he got the win. And, um, yeah, this was okay. You know, it was a showcase match. Um... You know kenny defended the belt cool to see them over in uh, daly's palace and you know the forbidden door continuing to be opened but it wasn't my match of the night by any means um it was kind of it, it was where it was um but what happened then was that sammy Callahan came out after he'd been attacked by the good brothers and actually came to attack kenny omega with the baseball bat and try and hit him with a chair and baseball bat combo and um, what he did to eddie edwards but then Don Callis came down and said that if you attack my family then, you know, your days are numbered and basically just fired Sammy Callahan on the spot. Um, which wasn't um very taken very well by Scott DeMore, the other um executive president of the company. So those two walked out and I kind of ended the show there. So Sammy Callahan was fired um at the end of the show. Um and yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good show, this. You know, I think it was a it wasn't the strongest one what impact have done. They have been better this year, but I think there were several matches which, you know, delivered. I loved Kojima and Doring, I loved the knockouts title match, I loved the um knockouts tag team title match and I thought that um you know the impact title match was fun as well. The impact tag title match was fun as well. Um yeah, there was a lot on this show and you know i would definitely recommend checking out the definitely the knockouts title match was the match of the night for me followed closely by joe Doring and satoshi kojima um i thought they were the best matches on the show i'm glad i got to see them as well Um, and glad i got to review them for you um and you can find this whole show um on fight so you can order it on fight and i'll put the link in the description as with the other links for you to check out so that's um that was against all odds 2021 impact wrestling's against all odds so i hope you enjoyed the review as always and thank you for listening and just to finish off you can find bbg wrestling on twitter at bbg wrestling and you can find us on our website at www.bbgrestling.com. so that is it for me Stephen jackson with another fight tuesday review thank you for listening everybody and keep safe